Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 to 23. When Sam Ballard heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was who was at his side, said, What they are building, if even a fox climbed up on it, he would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. But when Samballot, Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs of Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the labourers is giving out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also our enemies said, Before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them, and we will kill them and put an end to this work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, Wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows and armour. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. 
At that time, I also said to the people, have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can serve us as guards by night and workmen by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon even when he went for water. Please leave your Bibles open there at Nehemiah chapter 4. Let's pray before we get into God's Word. Father God, we pray that as we uh, reflect and, and look at these verses, that your Spirit would give us eyes to see, ears to hear. We pray that you would challenge our hearts, help us to be ready, just as Nehemiah and the people of Judah were ready for to be attacked at any moment. Help us to be ready for what you have for us, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes it's easier to fight an enemy that you can see. In today's passage, Nehemiah and the people of Judah are facing some really serious persecution as they work hard to do what God had called them to do. They were being mocked and ridiculed as they worked on this wall, and they were in very real danger. Nehemiah and the people of Judah knew that at any moment they could be attacked, not just with words, but with swords by those who wanted to kill them. But despite this very real and present danger, God had placed it on Nehemiah's heart to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem as a part of God's plan of bringing the people of Judah back into the land so that he could bless all the nations of the earth through them. But the more progress that Nehemiah and the people of Judah made on this wall, the more the danger grew. And in today's passage, we're going to see the two steps that Nehemiah put in place in order to encourage God's people and to help them to continue to do what God had called them to do. Even in the face of some really serious opposition that they could see it was physically right in front of them. But unlike Nehemiah and the people of Judah, the opposition that we face as we go about our daily lives isn't as easy to spot, but it is just as dangerous. Even though our culture no longer holds to Christian beliefs on things like marriage and sexuality, even though we're hearing more and more about legislation passing in Parliament that works against Christian schools and Christian organisations. In our nation, at least, the greatest battle we face isn't persecution for our faith, but instead it is the quiet, invisible, ongoing battle that is being waged for our hearts, our time and our allegiance. And it's a battle that's so subtle that we often don't even realise that we are right in the middle of it. As Ephesians 6 verse 12 reminds us, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. A few years ago, I was towing our caravan back from holidays and I was 
towing it along one of the flattest and straightest stretches of road in our area. Usually when we'd tow our caravan down that road, it would be quite easy. It's flat, it's straight, no worries at all. But on this particular day, the car seemed to be struggling. At first, I started to think that there was something wrong with our vehicle. But then I noticed there was quite a bit of wind going on in the tree branches around. And it occurred to me that we were driving straight into a really strong headwind. I couldn't see that headwind per se, apart from a few branches being blown around. But it was there. It was very real. And it was holding, or at least holding our car back to some degree. The spiritual battle in our hearts, for our hearts, our time and our allegiance is just as subtle. And in a similar way, it often holds us back from doing what God has called us to do, even when we don't even realise it. Nehemiah had been called by God to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. This was a, a physical job, easy to see. He could see the job when it was being done and he could see the opposition when it was right in front of him. But we, as those who trust in Jesus, are called to share the good news of Jesus, to be disciples who make disciples and spend our time in fellowship with other disciples as we play our part in God building his church. There are lots of things in each of our lives that keep us from being as effective as we could be in what doing what God has called us to do. I think there are times when we can all feel the pressure to conform to our culture's idea of, of success and wealth. And so we prioritise work, we prioritise hanging on to those things. And we put our fellowship with other believers aside, we put aside going to Bible studies or spending time in prayer with others. There are times when we struggle with the desire to be liked. And so we might be afraid or even avoid speaking about church or our faith and the hope that it brings. We can become distracted by novels or TV or, or media on our phones or whatever form it takes. Choosing to watch that one more episode or read that one more chapter instead of spending time in God's word and praying to him. We can be so tired, so busy, or even unwell that adding anything else to our lives seems completely overwhelming. Or we can simply become so comfortable in this stage of our lives that we just step out of the battle. We just refuse to engage at all. And as all of these influences direct our hearts, the way we spend our time, and what our allegiance is for, we may often fail to recognise that we are right in the middle of a battle. And instead we tend to rationalise these decisions, maybe be thinking them as logical and wise, 
or we make excuses for ourselves, for the things we know that we should have done. Whether we realise it or not, if we have faith in Jesus, we live our lives in the middle of a spiritual battle for our hearts to rob us of time and to gain our allegiance. In today's passage, we're being shown two steps that Nehemiah took to engage in this battle, steps that will help us like it helped those who are rebuilding the wall to serve the Lord with one hand on our sword while we do the work that God has called us to do with the other. So like last week, I have two points for you today that come from these verses. And the first is that when God's people face opposition, it should drive us to prayer. So let's think about what's going on in these verses. Nehemiah and the people of Judah had begun this work on the wall. They were slowly rebuilding the walls that protected the city of Jerusalem. But as the people of the other nations who were living around them heard about the progress they were making, they became very, very angry. At first, they began to mock those who were rebuilding the wall, saying, well, that pile of rubble, how are you going to build these walls, walls that could stand up against an army with a whole heap of burnt rubble. Another one claimed that even a fox, we know a fox isn't a very big animal, even a fox climbing on this wall would cause it to crumble. But as Nehemiah and the people of Judah kept on rebuilding the wall, the anger and resentment of these enemies, Sanballat and Tobiah, only continued to rise. And so these enemies made plans to go and attack the people of Judah. Before we get into how Nehemiah and the people of Judah responded to this opposition, let's take a few moments to understand why Samballot and Tobiah were so worked up over the rebuilding of this wall. Now we heard about these guys for the first time in chapter 2, verse 10 where we were told that they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. But why were they so concerned? Well, Samballat was the governor of Samaria, and he was a Horonite. That was his nationality. Well, Tobiah was a Samarian official, and he was an Ammonite. These two leaders amongst their own nations were descended from nations that the people of Israel had driven out of the promised land hundreds of years earlier. These men would have heard the stories about how powerful the nation of Israel once was and how it had utterly destroyed many of the nations around them. And so from their perspective, the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem was a really big threat, one that they were taking very seriously. And it was something that they would not let go of easily. And so the threat to Nehemiah and to the lives of the people of Judah was very real. And yet as Nehemiah faced this opposition, what was his first reaction? His very first reaction 
was to pray. We saw this back in chapter 2. When Nehemiah was before the king, Artaxerxes, and he was being asked why he was so upset. And uh, the king asked him, what is it you want? His reaction, before he said anything at all, was to talk to the Lord. And here is Nehemiah faces opposition from the nations that are living around Jerusalem. His response is exactly the same. Because Nehemiah knew where his strength was coming from. He knew that the only way he'd be able to stand before this powerful king, Artaxerxes, as he gave his response, and the only way that they would be able to stand as they faced the opposition from these people from other nations was to do so in God's strength and not in their own. He knew that he needed God's help. Otherwise, there was no way they'd be able to do what God had called them to do. I think sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking that it's up to us to be self-controlled and to avoid temptation and to stand in the face of all kinds of spiritual battles that are going on around us. Nehemiah is reminding us that unless we rely on God for our strength, we cannot stand firm. It was Nehemiah and the people of Judah who were doing a physical work on the wall, building up those walls. And later as the opposition grew, it was Nehemiah and the people of Judah who were defending the city of Jerusalem with physical swords. But it was a battle that they could own, they could never have won in their own strength. It was the Lord who frustrated the plans of Sanballat and Tobiah. And it was the Lord who gave the people of Judah the determination and strength to keep on rebuilding the wall. And Nehemiah and the people of Judah faced this serious opposition. It drove them to prayer. It drove them to speak to the only one who has the power and authority to make any difference in those circumstances. So when we are struggling to keep our eyes fixed on the hope we have in Jesus, when we are distracted or tired or for whatever reason being pulled away from the hope we have, we need to recognise the battle for what it is, a spiritual battle that's being waged for our hearts to rob us of time and to gain our allegiance and be encouraged to speak to the one who has the power to help us to persevere in what he has called us to do. So the second point from today's passage is that when God's people face opposition, it should drive us to action. When Nehemiah and the people of Judah faced this threat on their lives as they followed God's call to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. They didn't just pray in the hope that God would raise up somebody else to do the task. They prayed to the Lord that he would frustrate the plans of those who were opposing them so that they could continue to do what God had called them to do. They didn't give up in fear 
They didn't say it's all too hard and go home. And they didn't pretend that everything was okay when it really wasn't. Instead, they kept on working on the wall until they were pretty much exhausted. Can you imagine it? Picking up stone after stone after stone. This was backbreaking hard work. No heavy equipment involved here. And not all these guys had any experience doing this kind of work. We know Nehemiah himself, he was a cupbearer to the king. This was well out of his comfort zone. They were doing this backbreaking work while all the time knowing at any moment they could be attacked. That would have been completely exhausting. And so to help the builders to continue to persevere in this work, Nehemiah stations some of the men on the lower parts of the wall to act as guards while others continued the work. They did it as a congregation. They did it together so that they could stop fearing for their lives and so they could get on with the work. And when the enemies found out that the people of Judah knew about their plot and that the Lord had frustrated it, people of Judah were strengthened and encouraged to continue on with the work. Never lost sight of the fact that they were right in the middle of a battle. They didn't relax until the job was complete. So they continued to carry on with the work with a sword in their one hand while they did the work with the other. We're told towards the end of those verses that they didn't even put their night clothes on. They were ready at any moment to jump up and defend the city. As they continued to do, work hard to do what God had called them to do. Sometimes it's a lot easier to fight against an enemy that we can see. The greatest threat we have as those who trust in Jesus is invisible. It's that we might forget that we are right in the middle of a spiritual battle that is trying to rob us of our time, that is trying to steal our hearts and our allegiances. It's so easy to forget because of the fact that we aren't facing a physical enemy, that we are right in the middle of this battle. That's why the Apostle Paul reminds believers in chapter 6 of Ephesians to put on the full armour of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. I think it's helpful to note that he says, put on the full armour of God and then he says, when you've done everything, when you've put on your armour, stand. People of Judah and Nehemiah, they did just that, didn't they? They trusted in the Lord, but they still had to stand. They still had to persevere. And Paul wrote those words. He wrote them to the same people that he writes about in chapter 1, people who were chosen by God, adopted as sons and daughters of the living God, people who were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He was writing to those with faith that Jesus had already won the eternal battle for them on the cross. Those who knew that because of his death and resurrection, 
the power of sin and death had been defeated for them. That the victory was already won. And he didn't just write these words for new believers either, but for those who are continuing on in their walk with the Lord. What Paul was saying, what he was encouraging believers to do was to put on the full armour of God. That's exactly what Nehemiah is doing in these verses. That's a call to recognise the spiritual battle that is raging all around us and to put our trust in the authority of God's word to help us to be able to persevere and stand under trials, to help us to be able to do what God has called us to do, to share the good news of Jesus and to be disciple makers. And as we live recognising this spiritual battle, as we live ready for what may come, or if we're living ready for what may come, then we will be slow to panic. We'll be slow to give in to despair when things go wrong and instead quick to pray as Nehemiah was and to seek the Lord for our strength and for our guidance. If we do as Paul has encouraged us to do, to put on the full armour of God, if we take up his sword, God's word's called the sword of the spirit. We take up the sword of the spirit in one hand and continue to do the work with the other. Let's pray. Father God, we pray that you would guide us as we go throughout the coming week. Help us not to become complacent. Help us to live as people who are ready, prepared for what may come as we seek to do what you have called us to do. Lord, we pray that you would protect our hearts from the attacks of the evil one, that when tiredness, frustration, temptation, whatever it is, Lord, tries to pull us away, that you would remind us that we are in a spiritual battle, that our first reaction would be to pray, and that our second reaction would be to continue to do what you have called us to do. Lord, we know that this is not a work that we can do in our own strength. So we pray for your strength and your guidance. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.